I like that we get to talk about these things and we hit it from a different angle, but because we love each other and because we have the same religious views, you know, church is the centerpiece of our lives. Worship is the centerpiece of our lives. Molly Hemingway speaking at the Issues Etc. Making the Case conference. So when we are just going back and forth on politics, it's really not that important relative to the things that do in, matter. And in all safe. seriousness, if you do not have someone in your life that you both completely trust and regularly engage in arguments with, you're doing it wrong. You can watch and listen to journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway's Q&A and all of the presentations from the 2023 Making the Case Conference for a contribution of $300 by Labor Day. We'll send you links to download a podcast or watch a video stream. Order today at issuesetc.org or by check. Make your check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. I avoid using pronouns for transgender identifying persons and I reject the new vocabulary because I've seen the suffering to which it leads. I often compare Mormonism to like a a pressure cooker, but it's got no release valve. And they just keep turning up the heat, try harder and keep improving, keep striving. The Holy Spirit doesn't use errors. He doesn't use false statements. And confidence in certain false statements might actually land you in hell instead of in heaven. Our greatest problem is not suffering. It's suffering and dying without Christ. Higher things attendees receiving free copies of Objections Overruled, Love, Issues, etc. You are a conservative Christian on the average university campus. It is supposed to be an open market where people can express ideas, discuss things, and then out of the blue, without warning, without any kind of conversation, you are issued no-contact orders. What does that mean? Well, you are being barred from having any contact in the classroom or outside the classroom with your fellow students, only for expressing your Christian views. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in live on this Thursday afternoon, the 17th of August. It isn't a hypothetical. It actually happened to Maggie DeYoung. We'll be talking to her and Matthew Hoffman from the Legal Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom in the first few minutes of our program. A little bit later, the Church in the Metaverse will be our subject with Dr. Roland Weisbrot. He's author of The Metaverse and the Ecclesiology of the Future, A Lutheran Perspective, Pastor Jonathan Connor joins us for a continuation of our series, Kids Have Questions. We'll talk about mental health and the problem of evil. Then we'll get an update on the court ruling from the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals on the abortion pill, Mifepristone. Carol Tobias, president of National Right to Life, will be our guest. Joining us to talk about a university ordered to pay a conservative Christian student for violating her First Amendment rights Maggie DeYoung, a former art therapy graduate student at Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville, Illinois. Maggie, welcome. Thank you for having us on. And Matthew Hoffman, he's a legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Matthew, welcome to you. Thank you, Todd. Glad to be here. Maggie, talk about the events that led up to SIUE's no-contact orders regarding you. Yeah, so I was in my final semester of my three-year graduate program for art therapy counseling at SIUE. And 
You know, in learning to be a therapist, we discussed current events and contentious issues such as race relations, critical race theory, the postmodern theoretical framework. And so I respectfully participated with the mindset that this was a marketplace of ideas, not an echo chamber for one ideology. And so I was alarmed when I did receive three no contact orders. These are essentially restraining orders that prevented me from having direct or indirect communication with these students, both on and off campus. And what they said is that there was no rule or policy that I had violated, but that I had to comply with these orders. Were you permitted to defend the statements that you made? So these orders came out of the blue, and I, I wasn't permitted any defense before they were issued. Matthew, how would you say these no-contact orders restricted Maggie's First Amendment right? You can look at it in two ways. First of all, the orders on their face prohibit free speech. They prohibit Maggie from having any contact with these students, and she would not seek them out. But just by that, it's prohibiting dialogue and interaction, which defeats the purpose of the university as the marketplace of ideas. And then in the second way, their retaliation. The university imposed these no-contact orders because students complained to them that they didn't like Maggie's viewpoints. But the First Amendment prohibits sanctioning someone merely because some object to the views that they express. So what action did you take, Maggie, in response to the university's orders? Well, I reached out to um, Alliance Defending Freedom, and our initial action was the demand letter to rescind the orders. Matthew, how was the settlement reached, and what's the nature of the settlement that was reached between Maggie and SIUE? So we went through a mediation session with the university and came to a great settlement for Maggie and really all students at SIUE. Um, it's got four major provisions. First of all, there are revisions to the policies that allowed administrators to issue these no-contact orders with no notice to Maggie. So that's to protect and hopefully make sure that what happened to Maggie doesn't happen to any other student in the future. We achieved changes to the art therapy program student handbook, which indicated that students with certain religious or conservative views would not be welcome in the program. We have a one-hour training session with the three art therapy faculty professors upcoming. And that's, again, to hopefully give a little education and to make sure that what happened to Maggie does not happen again. And lastly, there was a payment of damages and attorney's fees. So talk about the nature of the First Amendment training required for the three SIUE professors. Yeah, it will be a one-hour training session. And basically, the problem we see across the country and at SIUE is that students are being ostracized and targeted because they have views and merely for expressing these views that some people don't like. But that's exactly the type of the debate that the First Amendment protects and what the university exists to encourage is debate and discussion in our shared pursuit of truth. Uh, so the training will focus on kind of the fundamental guarantee, why we have the First Amendment, why it's important. And then secondly, and unfortunately, we're seeing a trend where in professional licensing schemes are also trying to keep out students and professionals with certain views like those that Maggie holds. And we saw that in the art therapy program. And that's also going to discuss in the training why that's improper, because the First Amendment protects the ability of all to think and express their views. And I think we can all agree that we should 
retain that freedom to engage in debate on issues of public concern. Maggie, what kind of reaction have you received from fellow students? Well, I can't really speak for them and their reactions, but for myself, there is gratitude. I didn't want what happened to me to happen to anybody else. It was extremely painful. And so, you know, I am very grateful because students should be able to express their views freely without fear of being censored. So talk about that a little bit, if you would, Matthew. Why is it necessary for students everywhere to be able to freely express their ideas and opinions in the classroom and outside the classroom? Yeah, I think that's really the whole premise of the First Amendment and the university system. Our country was established in response to a government that prohibited people from speaking their minds. But what our founders realized is if we're going to have a democracy, we're going to need free public debate. And the government cannot be the arbiter of truth in that debate in order to preserve the people's liberty. And those same principles apply on public college campuses, even more so on public college campuses, because they train our future citizens to participate in our democracy. And we need to have the freedom to be able to discuss ideas and persuade others about them as to what the best path forward for our democracy is. Maggie, what message do you think this settlement sends? Well, my hope is that it sends a message that universities cannot harass or intimidate students because of their religious or political beliefs. It really opens up dialogue in the classroom environment. You know, it should be a marketplace of ideas, not an echo chamber for one ideology. And I love learning. I enjoy learning. And my hope is that this keeps that something that people can enjoy doing and fully engaging in without fear. Maggie, it would have been much easier for you to keep silent and just to let these no-contact orders stand. How tempting it was it for you to do that? And what were the personal costs for refusing to remain silent? You know, I definitely have thought of that question many times. And I think looking at it, yeah, it, it would have been easier to remain silent, but also it wouldn't. Because I think of this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, which is, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak, and not to act is to act. And I couldn't go against the Holy Spirit within me. I felt more sick to my stomach when God would prompt me to speak if I were to be silent. And so I think I was far better off choosing to just abide in what He was calling me to do and speak when He prompted me to speak and be quiet when He prompted me to be quiet. And I can say that it was worth the cost because I can see now on the other side that this is going to help future students in that program. Maggie DeYoung is a former art therapy graduate student at Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville, Illinois. Matthew Hoffman is legal counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. You'll find a link to Alliance Defending Freedom at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Maggie, thank you. Thank you. Matthew, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Todd. Up next, The Church and the Metaverse. Pastor Roland Weisbrot will be our guest, author of The Metaverse and the Ecclesiology of the Future, A Lutheran Perspective. Remember, our Lord promised us this. He promised us that the world would hate us if we were true to Him. San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione, speaking at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. 
He gave us the last beatitude, both in Matthew's version and Luke's version, that we're to rejoice when they ridicule us and utter evil against us unjustly. We're to rejoice. The apostles in the Acts, they rejoiced that they were able to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. So it's up to us to keep the flame of faith and true alive in the darkness. The truth cannot be suppressed. Let us be witnesses of that. You can watch and listen to Archbishop Cordelione's presentation, Making the Case for Speaking the Truth to Power, and all of the teachings from this year's conference for a donation of $300 by Labor Day. It's available via on-demand video streaming or podcast. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call, 618-223-8385. Where Christianity meets culture, you're listening to Issues Etc. In a child's life, meaningful relationships matter when it comes to academic development and spiritual nurture. In Lutheran schools, students know they are uniquely and wonderfully made in God's image. Each day in over 1,800 Lutheran schools, children experience a rich, academic, loving, and Christ-centered environment where they can explore and develop their God-given talents and abilities. To find a Lutheran school near you, visit lcms.org schools. Register today. The 2023 Lutherans for Life National Conference is October 11th through the 13th at the Holiday Inn Cincinnati Airport in Erlanger, Kentucky. The conference includes visits to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum. Online registration is open now with early bird pricing at lutheransforlife.org conference. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. lutheransforlife.org.